All right, let's go. Let's do this. It is a Thursday edition of the Plank Show. Good and bad. Good and bad mistake I've made most of the morning. Good mistake I made. I walked in, first person I see, lovely Amanda here at Cavens Construction at 405-573-3048. I stopped for a moment. I was like, is it Wednesday? Now, it wasn't like some, I mean, literally in my mind, I was like, am I here on the wrong day? And I got excited because I'm like, oh, let's go. It's Thursday. I'm at the right place at the right time. Uh, then another mistake, uh, mistake was made because as I started to write down a couple of uh, last-second notes for the show, Josh, I put down Friday. So at some point, we'll land on what actual day it is, and we'll have a good day here on the ref. Uh, busy show. Busy show today. Uh, I've got a lot of different topics I want to hit, and I'm sure you do too on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405 651 on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line at 405-329-9000. And, of course, you can hit Josh and I up 24-7, 365. That's right. The show never stops on Twitter, at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show. How are you on this Thursday morning, Josh Elmer? All good? All good. Good morning, my friend. How, how are you? How is the traveling? Well, it was good. It was good. Uh, it was a little bit different because day of, right? And also in being day of, we flew. <laughs> it's not really a fun thing for me. And uh, not only did we fly, Josh, but we flew whenever I think we were breaking records for what the the wind speed was yesterday. But yeah, kudos to Shannon Gage and everyone over at OU Women's Basketball. Safe travel and return and came away with a dub. So it was fun. It was good. You know, usually the joy is in the journey for me. The game is just the reward. So, a couple of couple of bouncy flights. You know, I have friends that when they're on planes that bounce, they like to, you know, make the, the joke about the, you know, the rodeo and how it's a fun little trip. Josh, I do not consider that fun. That is, that is not something that I uh, hearty-har laugh at. In, in a lot of ways, I am mortified. You might as well have thrown a snake in here on the table to see the true fear that matches whenever a plane bounces up, bounces around at, I don't know, at 10,000 feet in the air, breaking every law of gravity in a pressured capsule. Just like, this is it. But no, it's good, man. How about you? What did you do last night? Anything? Did you watch the game or did you listen? I, I listened to a little bit, yes. Uh, had a Norman Tiger wrestling show, so was uh, finishing up the show and then flipped on and was listening to uh, the Hoops game. So it was good. It was a nice night. Fun night, fun night. I um, yeah. I said this to Toby, and I'll say it to you. They're really good. I mean, I, I I had a friend text me that used to work at OU this weekend, and they were watching the OU Iowa State game, and their their text to me was, "This team deserves a better crowd," and I I could not agree more. I don't know what the magic button is. You know, you think back it. Uh, I think Coach Cole would agree. Uh, and, and we're not doing this today, by the way. I'm not doing this on the show. We're not talking about the Lloyd Noble Center and crowds, I promise you. But, you know, it, it took a Final Four appearance and a, and a spot in the national championship game to really get people juiced in the in the early 2000s. Maybe that's, maybe that's coming. I mean, I – bro, I just came away floored. 
I, I told Toby this. It's the first time I've seen them in, in, in person, like on press row. I've gone to a couple of games as a fan. I've obviously watched a lot of the games this year, but I hadn't been there in person. And the way they're coached, the way they take coaching, the the, the vibe. Big. I'm a big vibes guy, Josh. The vibe around the team is is really good. And, oh, yeah, they can shoot the lights out. So, uh, And they didn't necessarily shoot well in the first half last night. And then Skylar Van. One of those games where you look at the score, at, at the stat sheet afterwards, and you're like, she had 19 points. What? So it was just, it was a crazy. And Ana Yunusa, four straight games with 20 or more points. She hasn't done that since 2019. Which I know what you might say. Wait, someone that was in college in 2019 is uh, still in school. COVID, baby. <laughs> it's it's still here. But yeah, no, I'm a, uh, I'm I'm really excited for them. They're sitting right now at 45th in the net. They um they're four and one on the road, which is pretty cool. Their only road loss uh, came, I guess that was considered the Utah game, was the road loss. Yeah, that would be the road loss. So it's a good team, man. Get out. Saturday is going to be a big. Day. In fact, am I understanding the schedule correctly, Josh? Are we taking the show to the Lloyd Noble Center tomorrow? That sounds like a great idea to me. I believe we are. I think that from 9A to noon P tomorrow, uh, we'll be out at the Lloyd Noble Center. Now, I, I will say, sometimes the, hey, yeah, no, just go set up courtside, can be a little ready shoot aim because there might be an opponent, like Bob Huggins might decide that he wants to try to do a shoot around at like 11 a.m. Or uh, Kansas women's basketball might decide they need the – they need the court as soon as they get in town, but no, I think we'll be good. 9 to noon tomorrow with the Plank Show uh, on the road. Okay. I spent last night, as we welcome you into this Thursday edition of the Plank Show, Josh, I spent last night really immersing myself in the portal. And uh, I know uh, people that want that get mad about uh, guys leaving and, and don't like the portal. This is an automatic tune out to you. My challenge and charge to you is it's not going anywhere. This isn't this isn't something where all of a sudden you're going to look up one day and go, oh, the portal's gone. Let's go. I mean, it's it's here to stay. And the, the reason I, I got into it was twofold. Number one, uh, the unofficial 40 and, and Gabe's pod, they all dropped at the same time last night. So I had something to listen to whenever I was on the road, and it was – Interesting to just hear, you know, four or five different opinions beyond just what, you know, we talk about and what, you know, we and our listeners get into here on The Wrap. It was pretty pretty cool to hear some different perspectives on guys. Like, I'll, I'll give you this. Uh, I'll, I'll lay this out there, and you tell me how you feel about it. In the players that are in the portal for Oklahoma, 90%, I would say, are pretty much guys that we expected to be in the portal, right? The the Joshua Eatons, the the Theo Weezes, the Bray Walkers, the Bryson Washingtons of the world, right? No surprises. And, and, and maybe to a certain extent, Nick Evers was a surprise. I guess I guess it didn't really register to me how seeing Agwebu's name, Agwebu, David Agwebu, seeing David Agwebu's name in the portal. I'm, I guess I'm kind of 
not necessarily shocked, but uh, I was taken aback a little bit about how surprising that was to some people. And not anything negative against David Igwebu, but as Alan Kinney threw out there in that blatant homerism tweet that we talked about a little bit uh, yesterday, Josh, this is this is one of those dudes that of the four. Now make sure I get this right. Of the fourteen defensive signees under the previous staff that are still um, that that transferred out, only two went to Power Five schools. You would assume David Aguebu is going to be the third, and you know you would also think that you know he was going to be a pretty major part of everything Oklahoma did. So I guess maybe my question off the top in, in going through just a, a lot of different Sooner content last night, is this a little bit more surprising than even maybe I'm giving it credit for? Shocking maybe even could be a word. I don't, I don't know that it's shocking. No, n- not necessarily. I mean, when you go and okay. you add a Deshaun McCullough out of the transfer portal, and we've seen what the last couple of recruiting classes look like at that position. No, I, I don't know that I qualify it as shocking. I guess because I, I think the more you drill down into it, and I heard McQuistion make this point last night, and Josh is 100% on. You know, you go back maybe two or three years ago, and – a guy with Aguebu's numbers, snaps, and reputation in the locker room, if, if he leaves, that is a massive, massive hit, right? And, and you kind of be like, oh, gosh, that sucks. Now, not to say it isn't. And, and I watched the social media reaction to this, both good and bad, over the last, you know, 48 hours. But, I mean, is, is it a – is it a false hope? Is it a, just a belief in Brent and that, you know, a Jaron Kinnick? And I think you hit it on the head yesterday. Maybe it's not as much anti-Aguebu as it is pro-Jaron Kinnick, thinking that now he's going to get some snaps. Teddy even theorized that he thought that the, the, the McCullough kid, Deshaun McCullough, that maybe this means that he might be playing a little bit more, more linebacker. So there are – there's a lot of different opportunities when it comes to – those snaps and who takes them. But it's just, I mean, it's it's kind of wild when you really look at the numbers and even the season Oklahoma had and that confidence that fans appear to have in what's going on here. It's a, oh, man, that sucks for David Aguebu. Good luck. All right, give me Canik. Right? It's just because the numbers would tell you that you should be more worried about this than maybe most are. And then I was taken aback to then – how everyone kind of maybe shook people back into reality. We're like, hey, wait a minute here. This guy's a good football player. And he understood, or at least <laughs> seemed to understand, and, and got a little better as the season went along. I don't know. I, get, I guess I've just been taken aback a little bit over the last couple of days to see that mixed reaction to Aguebu's exit. And it has been mixed, right? I mean, it's you're kind of very much either on the side of you look at the – triple-digit tackles and just the sheer production of the last couple of seasons, or you look at just the raw talent of what's here on campus and say, hey, it's time to go in a different direction. And doesn't seem like, at least on the social media side, which that's probably a dangerous game to play, but doesn't seem like there's a lot of middle ground there. I would say if you were to tell me 
three things that have surprised me about the portal right now. David Aguebu being in it wouldn't necessarily be like number one or two or three. I would say if if you were to say three things, I, I've got to be honest, Josh, I was a little bit more surprised about Evers. And then as soon as Nick Evers gets to Wisconsin, they bring in like four quarterbacks. So well, I guess four total, including him. But, I mean, I think my surprise is still not necessarily anyone who's in it, but maybe more so guys who aren't. Like, I – and I don't know, maybe this is going to set up for if things don't go well in the spring, you see a couple more guys for the Sooners. And, but I think it's a good thing, right? It's, hey, they're going to go through spring ball. I am uh, utterly shocked that DJ Graham's not in the portal. I mean, I just – I sit and, – and again, some people might get mad at these kinds of conversations and – and, and I get it, but to me, it's roster building. It's what this team is all about. You're talking about a scholarship guy that went from being an, a, a, an athlete when he came in to a cornerback that we had top of the depth chart of the last couple of years, and now he's a receiver who I think only wore his uniform for one game near the back stretch of the season, and that was the bowl game. And, you know, David Aguebu being in the portal, yeah, that sucks. Nick Evers kind of surprising. But dudes like him, the Coy Robersons of the world, or Robertson, I mean, those dudes not being in the portal are almost a bigger surprise to me and a positive one for the for the team, I think, than anything else. Yeah, with DJ Graham, are we going to have a pretty good indication after the spring how serious of a factor the, the move is there? I, I, I don't know. It's a good question. I hope we do. Because if it's not, what's he doing? Right? What are we doing? Um, the royal we, if you will. Because if he's not, I would think that that would be a situation where – he would be told, hey, man, let's – maybe it's time for you to move on, right? Because you got to figure out what you've got, if anything, with them. And I think there's a chance that he can help them there. I really do. Um, when we come back, there was one bad note for uh, the Sooners, at least in one of their perceived targets in the portal. Because um, on our sheet, when you, when you commit to a school outside of Oklahoma in the in the portal, we paint it red. Uh, We have painted another Sooner name or Sooner target red, and I think this one is a little bit of a surprise. We'll get to that. Plus, there is big news on the administrative front at the University of Oklahoma. One of my favorite guys is in line to become an AD, and from what I kind of have the feeling, I think Zach Selman's going to be the next AD at Mississippi State. So, We'll talk about that coming up here in just a bit. And Joey Helmer will join us on a Thursday. I feel like I'm missing something. Is there some? Is there another? Oh, well, Gary's going to come in at 10 a.m. this morning, but I don't know. Just feel like there's tons to get to on the show, so let's get after it. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions. Text line, Riverwind Casino Jackpot line, 405-329-9000. This is the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. A couple of flying notes. Uh, this one from the 918. Flying out of Lubbock at a 30-degree angle, thanks to the wind, will never go back to that crap hole. Yeah, dude, let me tell you something. I am – I don't know. So I got this in my head. Can we talk about my fear of flying? Because Kendall asked, too, why are you afraid of flying? Bad experience, afraid of heights? I don't know. I don't know. I think – I it's I didn't fly until I was a senior in high school, 
and I was I was very excited for. It was it was my first trip to Tulsa that I flew to 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 go to college, um, and it was I was on a Southwest flight back in the day. Remember, did you ever fly Southwest where they had like the lounge seating and one person would be sitting backwards or two people might? Very weird. Yeah. Very weird. I I did not like that, and I think that's kind of where it started. And then let me tell you something. You can make a decision in life as to whether or not you want to overcome a fear or whether or not you just want to feed into it like crazy. And I, unfortunately, when it comes to my fear of flying, have kind of fed into it, you know, almost to a ridiculous nature. If there is a show about plane crashes, I watch it. If there's a podcast about why a plane crashed, I watch it. I imagine every single flight, the guy from Dateline walking down the runway. It was a normal day in Lubbock like any day. The flight plan was, you know, and I just, I I imagine. This is my messed up head. I have no explanation for it. Save me with your, it's safer to drive. I get it. And I, we had this fight before, Josh. Somebody was like, you're a control freak. No, I don't need control. I'm fine being a passenger prince if need be. But I don't know, dude. I thought I had kicked it a little bit, but whew, last night really seemed to ramp that bad boy up a little bit. So, yeah, 30 degrees. I'm sitting there in my head, and I count, right? I count because at some point I'm talking about feeding into that fear, right? I feed into it. It's like I choose it. Um, I read where the first 18 seconds of the flight are the most dangerous. And so in my mind, I'm counting like one. Two. And sometimes when I get nervous, that speeds up three, four, five, six, seven, you know, to make it quicker. But, and I don't even know if that's right about the 18 seconds or not. But for some reason, it was taking us so long to actually take off. It's like, I was like, all right, I'm ready to start my count now. I'm ready to go. Can this thing, can this thing start to take off a little bit, please? <laughs> and it's the best way to go. I mean, I'm in bed by like 11 o'clock last night after calling a game. You really can't beat that. No, that's pretty good, and obviously, everything's everything's fine. Everything's fine. A safe trip, you're good. But look, man, you can't uh, just erase a phobia. No, especially when you're a dope and you keep feeding into it like I do. There's a new article out on TWA Flight 800. Reading that, JetBlue. Reading that. <sighs> Uh, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line from the 918. Imagine if we still had Gabby Gregory on this team. She's averaging 20 at Kansas State. Yeah, Gabby's really good. I just, you know, I really like Gabby. Great. Gabby Gregory, for those who aren't familiar, uh, Holland Hall, all world, all Gatorade coming out of high school. But, I mean, as soon as she she battled some major health issues, man. And I think it's a it's a blessing that she's back on the court. So I would ju- maybe for Gabby, this is the best thing that happened to her. And I know that sucks because you don't like people transferring, going somewhere else, and having success because it's like, well, why couldn't they just do that here? And I'm not trying to play amateur psychologist on the show, but since we just did it on my flight phobia, Josh, sometimes when you have either a major injury or an illness or whatever it might be, you just – you need to get away from that setting. You need to get away from that place. 
And that's nothing to do with the people there. It's just, I got to go. I, I got to go do something else for me. I can. I'm young. I've got the opportunity. It's just bad vibes for me. You, you could have – that could happen to someone in Georgia. I mean, Justin Fields transferred from Georgia, okay? Joe Burrow transferred for Ohio State, and I think it worked out okay. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that front. I, I wish Gabby could be, but, you know, who am I to judge why or, or what happened with her? She had her reasons, and she's crushing it. And uh, as a 918-er, I couldn't be more pumped for her. You know what I will say, though? Josh, it's kind of cool to watch this team because you know what the this current women's basketball squad has. They've got some size. They've got some bigs. So I'm sure Jenny Baranchek is digging that. All right, I'll, I'll get more for the text line coming up after the break. Good stuff on the transfer portal and uh, some names that you might be curious about, and we'll get to it coming up at 405-651-3439. Have you seen the news this morning? involving a person I consider to be a major part of OU Athletics maybe on the move. Yeah, it looks like Zach Selman is going to be uh, headed over to Mississippi State, which everything that you hear and that we've seen over the years here would lead you to believe that, hey, that's a terrific hire for them. Makes uh, makes sense that, you know, naturally you want to progress in the industry. So I, I don't know that there's no surprise to it. And to me, it's a it's a great hire for them. So just wish him the best, you know, when this thing, it seems, comes to fruition. Um, so I, I don't know how in the weeds you guys want to get with this. But I know for me personally, this really sucks. And it's the reality of – it's the reality of college athletics – and it's something that I still am not used to, to which is the the personnel that's constantly moving, that, if you will, the, the front office structure that is constantly evolving. And I think that Oklahoma has the best athletic director in the country. Hands down, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think everything Joe C. does is incredible. And – there's a part of me that if I wanted to be an AD, I would want to spend every single second I can learning from, being around him, understanding all the nuances of being an athletic director and being as good at it as Joe C. is. But there also comes a point when you have to prove you can do it yourself. And I guess for Zach Selman, financially, fit, conference-wise – Mississippi State was the best opportunity he could have. Now, he's had other opportunities. I know that for a fact. Uh, This isn't the first place that's come after and has tried to hire Zach Selman. But in my, if you will, boo-hooing about this, the part about the turnover that sucks is you get to know these people and their families and your kids know their kids you're, you you know what their kids are doing. F- Facebook makes this easier, too. But I just – I dig Zach Selman, man. I think he is a rock star. And it's not just him. It's his family. His two daughters, his wife, Rachel. Obviously, the, the Selman heritage and the, the, the name and what it means to Oklahoma. But if this move is what 
is good for Zach and Rachel and their family. And if this is that next step in his progression in becoming, I don't know, the heir apparent <laughs> to Josie or the next great athletic director at Mississippi State, then what what do we all say about Marvin Mims? Go be great. Go be great, Zach. I am there's, – there's certain things that I know, and there's certain things I don't know. There's people that I'll see, and I see them at every event, and I don't know what they do. I have no idea what they do. But they're there, and they're smiling, and they seem to be working hard. I don't know what they do, but they're an integral part of what happens. Zach Selman was a dude that I knew what he did, and I knew he was important, uh, and I knew that he was a major part of everything Oklahoma was able to do fundraising-wise. So this sucks if indeed it is official. From what I've heard this morning, Mississippi State is very confident that Zach Selman's going to be the next athletic director. But just on a on a personal side, on that, you know, Chris Plank in his in his skin and his feels right now. Josh, I think it sucks, man. <laughs> I think it. I just hate it. I I love it and I hate it. Right? I just gosh, man, come on, Zach. But in the same vein, he's gonna he's gonna absolutely crush it. He's gonna be. He's going to be so good as an athletic director, and he's going to be so good because of the person he is, the family he has, the training he's received. I'm just in a very selfish side. I like seeing him around. He's a big supporter of the radio network. He's a big believer in what we do. Um, it's a great crew. It's a great – a lot of people – he brought a lot of people to the university. Kind of helped with – I don't know if the term would be reshaping, but, you know, re-energizing the, the Sooner Club. I just – I'm a big fan, Josh, and I hate to see that he's going to go, but I'm very excited for his future. Well, and if we long-term project this thing for the University of Oklahoma, hypothetically, if and whenever that day comes, that Joe Castiglione steps aside, whether it's near future, far away future, Zach Selman having gone to Mississippi State and taking over, that would be an attractive quality for someone – I. You know, it was sort of presumed around here that he was basically already the athletic director in waiting. But in life, <laughs> right. in life, it makes sense professionally. You're ready to take the next step. So I don't, you know, wouldn't blame Zach Selman at all. It makes perfect sense that he would want to go take this gig. And so with all of that being said, you get to that next juncture down the road. I mean, it's it's good for Oklahoma if you can sell him on coming back. Someone that has sure. has spread their wings a little bit, Plank, that has a larger picture view than just the University of Oklahoma. I've, I've said this a lot on this show. Um, you guys probably get tired of hearing it. But, you, you know, you, everyone's decision-making process is different than what you think is good for them, right? Everyone has this idea of what's good for – David Aguebu or what's good for Brent Venables or Jaron Canick and everyone has their but in reality their vision is much different than what you might have for them. And I could get spiritual on you, but listen, I'm not in a pulpit right now. But the bottom line more than anything else, as much as Chris Plank the dude hates this, the I mean the the guy who talks sports every day, the the friend, the guy who understands 
to a certain extent the hierarchy, go go do it. Go show that you can be a great athletic director. And then, right, uh, if Joe C. decides to move on, who's to say that that next great athletic director is someone that we don't even know yet? I mean, I'm going to say it, Josh. I'm going to say it. When people were talking about the heir apparent to Bob Stoops, they sure as heck weren't talking about Lincoln Riley whenever he was at East Carolina or whenever he was at Texas Tech or maybe even after his first year here at Oklahoma. And, you know, you fast forward, what, now eight years later, and guys got a pretty good track record as a coach. So you, you just never know. You never know how that might pan out. Boy, I better get to a break quick before I really get – Steelman might come in and, and unplug my, my connection. <laughs> Air Comfort, I'm not even opening the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But anyway, quick break. All right, it is 9.37. So, uh, a couple topics we've hit here early. Women's basketball, fun win last night. We're going to hear from Ginny Baranchek in her post-game coming up here in about an hour from now. So, earmarked at about 10.30. Uh, we talked about David Igwebu. Now, the portal news that isn't good for Oklahoma is that Walter Rouse ended up choosing Miami. What does that mean on the offensive line front for the Sooners? And, of course, as I mentioned, uh, more negative, I guess, portal stuff if you consider David Aguebu entering his name in the portal. So, a busy Thursday. We're at Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048. This is the home of Sooner fans. Oh, Josh. I'm so I, I'm watching highlights. I guess I haven't allowed myself with doing the women's basketball game. I'm writing a, a preview piece on softball. I guess in the last 24 hours, I haven't allowed myself to get as fired up as the playoffs about the playoffs as I typically do. Um, but man, just watching some highlights immediately kicks it back in. Two is not going to play tomorrow. Or excuse me, on Saturday. Wait, hold on. That's a Sunday game, right? Let me rephrase that. Two is not going to play on Sunday. So I didn't. Did you think there was any chance he was going to go anyway? Uh, you always think maybe there's some sort of a chance because it's a playoff game until the thing's officially ruled not going to happen. But right. generally speaking, it was highly, highly unlikely. If you asked me beginning of the week did I think he was going to play, then I would have said no. Is it totally impossible? Well, no, I wouldn't have ruled that possibility out either, but th- this is sort of where I expected us to wind up at. Okay. I, I'm still intrigued by whether or not we see Lamar Jackson. Doesn't sound like we're going to, does it? I know, man. So then I'll ask you the same question that I'll ask uh, Arnie on Sunday night. Have we seen Lamar Jackson for the last time in a Ravens uniform? I don't think so just because it makes too much sense for them to tag him and you know, try and work it out next season. Now, he, he then could turn around and say, yeah, I'm not playing on a franchise tag. But uh, that sounds like kind of unlikely too, though, doesn't it? That he would legitimately sure. sit out a full season? Yep. Yep. Great question. Dude, I'll tell you what, though. I'm excited about this game. Zzz, plural. People kind of dog on the super wild card weekend. But the Ravens, Bengals has become a nice little rivalry. I don't know if the Bengals will have the, or excuse me, the Ravens will have the firepower at quarterback. The Seahawks are kind of like the all shucksy, darn love to be here team, and those teams usually end up playing the best. I think you guys are just going to uh, roll whomever you get in the quarterfinals. Or I guess you would say the second round. 
But I, I, I'm pumped for this weekend, dude. Let's go. All right, let's hit some texts, shall we? 405-651-3439. Gary's going to join us here at Cavens coming up at uh, 10 a.m. It is a Thursday, so we're at Cavens Construction. Anything I'm missing so far, Josh, that you want to get to before I hit these uh, texts? I, we good on the big stories? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think right. so. The NFL did implode our open yesterday thanks to Jerry Jones, but we'll, we'll touch on that later. No. Wait a minute. Derek Carr wrote a goodbye letter. I, I'm not emotionally ready for this right now. Whoever sent that, thank you. I will uh, I will get to it a little bit later on in the day. Yeah, don't read that. <laughs> don't read that yet. I don't I – don't, I'm not even kidding. Now, if you want to make a bit out of this, Josh, I, and I'm not joking, I might cry. There's just – no way around it. I have been enraged by the Raiders making this move. Now, Teddy's my good balance on this. Whenever whenever the Raiders made that decision, we were at the airport, and Ted's always like, why you care? So what? Go get another quarterback. Gonna be okay. Do you want a playoff game? Teddy also talked me off the ledge whenever, Josh, I was very upset about C.O. Moore getting cut. C.O. Moore. Yeah, I'm not emotionally well to read that letter right now. A couple on Zach Selman here real quick Uh, from the 806. I agree. I hate losing Zach. I want him back when Joe C. does retire, but hopefully it's a long time from now. And, Josh, you actually, as we were going to break, you brought up a great point that I think in, in celebrating an opportunity for Zach and me personally being, you know, sad about it and, you know, loving his family because they're just awesome. This might be really, really good news for the Sooners when you think about just how much longer Joe C. might want to do this. Yeah, if you put two and two together, and maybe maybe that's not what's going on here, right? I mean, maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's just, hey, great opportunity, and the timing's right, and it could be one year, two years, and Joe Castiglione's done, and you hand it off and go find the next athletic director. But it, it does kind of make you wonder, does Zach have a feeling – or belief that maybe Joe Castiglione is going to stick around and, and be Oklahoma's athletic direct, director for an extended period of time, which if that's the case, that's great news. That's great news for Oklahoma and, fans. And, Josh, I'll add this. You're going into an athletic department at, at Mississippi State, which seems pretty – I mean, obviously it was rocked with the loss of Mike Leach, but your football program is that staff with a new head coach. It appears to be in good hands. Um, basketball, men's and women's, good hands. Baseball just won a national championship two years ago. Sam Ricketts there with softball. You got, I mean, you you really – there's a lot of things that are in line there. And and can, I don't know what Zach makes at Oklahoma, but the previous AD, John Cohen, at Mississippi State, was making $1.1 million a year. And I'm going to go out on a ledge and say – I don't know if there's seven figures in a contract uh, at OU right now for maybe anyone outside of the AD. And so I'm sure finances would have a lot to do with it too. Um, it is a good one for the 918. How long had he worked under Joe Castiglione? Well, I mean, Zach, and if I screw up anything in his resume, I'm sure people will let me know. Zach played football in Wake Forest, really good football player. He then got his graduate's degree, his master's degree at OU. 
and uh, if I'm not mistaken, ended up working for Bubba Cunningham at North Carolina for a while. And, uh, again, as someone who spent a lot of time around Bubba Cunningham, there's another great resource to tap. I still have two books that Bubba Cunningham gave me that he's like, hey, you read these and then you give them on to someone else. Or maybe he said give them back. Don't remember. But, yeah, Zach worked for Bubba, and, and now he'd been working the last, but you do the math, 15 to 22, seven seasons, seven years with Joe C. Pretty big deal. And I said this before, you name it, he's done it, right? He's he, he's done a little bit of everything in the athletic department. So he's learned. Uh, that's good. Uh, Jim, and, Jim from Arlington actually had a pretty good one that somehow I've just lost. Oh, here it is. Uh, he writes, can't they make him 80 and waiting so we don't lose him? I hate to see him go. He knows OU better than anyone. Sure, but, I mean, you also – you know, I, I'm not going to pretend to understand how that works. You're also then talking about a financial agreement that I'm sure would become competitive with Mississippi State, and that's a battle you're, I think you're fine fighting. But, I mean, what if that 80 and waiting, Jim, is you – know, Josie's not going anywhere for a good 10 to 15 to 20 years. Now, I don't want to put 20 on you, Joe, but for at least, you know, a good 10 to 15 years. I mean, a lot of things – bro, I moved down here – in 15. I can't even begin to tell you just the turnover in, in the last seven years. It's it's wild. And it's awesome, right? Because fresh blood, new opportunities, but it's just it's it's pretty crazy to see the constant challenge of personnel. Good questions. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of fun stuff here on the text line making fun of me. I, I, I will say from – from Kindle, he, write, he, he wrote, did, did Plankton allow Lincoln to get into his fields? No, 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 not at all. I was just laying out how you know, Lincoln Riley wasn't ever the guy that when he first came over, even in his career, that people looked at and said, he's, he's the next head coach at Oklahoma. Things change. All right, quick break. I can't believe it's already 9.50. You want to get some portal stuff when we come back? Let's talk some portal. It's a Plank Show, live from Cavens on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, so as we welcome you back into the Plank Show, we were talking about some of the moves in the portal over the last 24 to 48 to 72 hours. Sooner linebacker David Aguebu entered his name into the portal. Andrew Anthony exited the portal and signed with Oklahoma in a wild, what, four-day stretch that included the addition of edge rusher Rondell Bothroyd, uh, defensive lineman Devon Sears, and now Andrew Anthony. But, Josh, another target for the Sooners, Walter Rouse, whom you were covering on several levels, right, because I was was uh, interested, and so is Oklahoma. You surprised to see him choose Nebraska. Got burnt twice. The Huskers Huskers got us twice. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I would have thought Oklahoma would be the the front runner here just because of the, the need that Oklahoma had, the track record of offensive linemen here, the prestige to play at Oklahoma. But uh, it sounds like the selling point for Nebraska was basically they sat him down. First of all, he's blown away with just Lincoln in general. He was I think the quote was he expected to find cornfields, and it was much more than that in Lincoln, Nebraska. And then they sat him down and basically just ran over a highlight reel of his pros and cons and what they what they were – what the roadmap looked like to to fix his NFL draft stock, and that was what sold him on Nebraska. 
No, absolutely. So I started digging 24-7 sports, and Joey Helmer's coming up at 11 a.m. with us, ranked the top ten players still left in the portal. Uh, one of your guys is in there, Arlen Bruce, wide receiver out of Iowa, a guy I talk about a lot, Dante Cephas, uh, is in there. I know Oklahoma was in on him early. Maybe Emmett Jones being in the mix adds to that. Boy, the the Xavier Worthy vibes really picked up after the show yesterday, didn't they? Holy smokes. But in this top ten list that 24-7 sports put together, there's only one offensive lineman, and his name is Damian George. Uh, he doesn't even have a crystal ball right now from where they think he could end up. He only played in two games this season. Uh, he was he played in the first two games of the year against Utah State and Texas. This came one year after he played in all 12 games for Alabama, including three starts. Started at right tackle. So I, I don't know what's next, potentially, on the offensive line in the portal. But maybe this is something to where OU goes through spring ball. Let's see how some of these youngsters look. Um, maybe there's a couple of guys that, that throw their name in the portal. But of the five names, I mean, I, I kind of thought Matt Lee was a slam dunk, went to Miami. Felt good about Walter Rouse. The Stanford offensive tackle went to Nebraska. I don't know how close Javian Cohen was. Ended up uh, Miami. Keandre Jones ended up at Florida State. Dylan Wade, the Tulsa product, ended up at Auburn. So maybe they fight through spring ball, see what some of the, the newcomers, how they look, and then go from there. It's a plank show.